I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, the Whitley Comic Book Podcast. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And every week we hang out in the King's Comics back offices where the magic happens. So luxurious. We review uh, the comics that came out in the last week. We do the DC ones, the Marvel ones, the Image ones, the other ones. And, All uh, the big publishers. We, uh, you know, every single comic that we talk about on the show can be found at King's Comics, which is 310 Pitt Street in Sydney or at kingscomics.com. And uh, normally we have up to 50 and of comics that we talk about each week. This week, less than 30. So nice. <laughs> what a breeze. <laughs> nice relaxing weekend. So I thought, you know what? 30 comics, not nearly enough uh, for me to read this week. I'm going to read 54 extra comics, and I reread the entirety of Saga this morning. That's like a treat, though. It all in one morning. All in one morning. Wow. Took Do you feel like three emotionally hours. destroyed? Uh, so, look, the reason uh, I did that is that mm-hmm. as soon as we f- finish recording this week's episode, mm-hmm. we're going to hit stop, then we're going to hit record again. Whoa. Signifying a new... <laughs> a new audio track recording um, And it's going to be um, all about Saga um, Specifically the last arc And we're going to go in full spoiler territory Which is something that we can't really do uh, Episode to episode Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people read Saga at different paces But if you are like us And you uh, keep up to date with Saga This is going to be a very fun episode for you And you can get it exclusively over at our Patreon uh, Just kick us a couple dollars And uh, you can get access to a whole bunch of bonus episodes Our Patreon is patreon.com Slash Serious Issues Podcast And on one hand, yes, you can say I am paying for this extra content But on the other hand, you could be saying You know what, I'm going to give my good friends Siobhan and Levens To hard-working parents Who mm-hmm. somehow managed to cram in All this comic book reading And, and letting me know which comics are the ones that I should be reading to? It's like, a service, a valuable kick, service. And they do it for free. Do it for free. So we'll be able to just give, oh, I'm going to kick them a couple bucks. And what's that? A nice reward because of that? Fantastic. Isn't that nice? You get something, we get something, everyone wins. Democracy. Absolutely. Or capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast is uh, our Patreon. And that uh, Saga episode will be up shortly after this one. Uh, so uh, it's going to have lots of people that uh, listen to the show uh, contributing as well. Got lots Great. of emails this week from contributors, which is exciting. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to bawling my eyes out. Mm. I reread all of Saga this morning. Uh, on I keep all of my comics in short boxes in 
my, a cupboard in my daughter's room. My nice. daughter is almost two. She's turning two this weekend. So happy birthday, oh, Tilly. Happy birthday, um, uh, you, know, you know what she said for her, for her birthday? All she wants is for all of her dad's podcast listeners to kick a couple <laughs> bucks to the Patreon. It's, she's a thoughtful little toddler. Also, so well spoken. Yes. Um, and uh, so, yeah, she said, uh, she don't know, she was at school. She wasn't there. Right. But um, I, I sat down and um, with the intention of just kind of like flicking through. Saga, mm. at least reading the first arc, and then sure enough, it was like midday, mm. and I'd read the entirety of Saga in in, in three hours. Um, and uh, and you were a mess, especially like reading it surrounded by all of my daughter's things, because oh, the bulk of that book is about a relationship between a father and a daughter. Yeah, well, you know, depending on which lens you look at it when mm. you read it, I was fucked. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know. There are certain moments that I'm going to talk about in the spoiler episode. I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold it together because I certainly didn't this morning. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, again, patreon.com slash series podcast. Please come and support us and get this, uh, what I think might be one of the more fun episodes we've ever done. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, let's get on with this regular, what I assume will also be one of the best, most fun things we've ever done. Absolutely. Uh, Already. We begin every episode of Serious Issues by going through all of the number ones that came out in the last week. We call this segment First Things First. And we're going to kick off with uh, the number one that had the most pages. Mad pages. Infinity Wars, number one. Now, could you believe this is the first number one with Infinity in the title that Marvel have put out this year? No. Um, that's a lie. It's like the fourth. It's like the sixth. Sixteenth. Uh, this is written by Jerry Duggan, who has written all of the Infinity-related books. It's spinning out of his Guardians of the Galaxy series featuring Mike Diodato on art. You know what I would like? I would like to sit down with Mike Diodato and ask, what, what's up with the, with the panel layouts, bro? Do you find that putting all this like random guttering in improves the pace of the story? It, uh, am I supposed to be paying attention to that at all? Or is it just annoying? This is something that he's only started doing in like the last few years. Yeah. Mike Diodato Jr. We're talking Junior, about, of course. No obviously. disrespect for Senior. Um, I don't dislike it. No, it is a, no, no. It is a stranger. I'm not mad at it, but I'm always like, it's I feel like it slightly interrupts the flow of my reading. Well, especially when he just, like, just straight up like breaks up yeah, for no a picture reason. into panels when it's not actually panels anyway. Uh, Colors by Frank Martin on this one. And uh, this is basically telling uh, the story of various Marvel heroes or villains who uh, now hold the Infinity Stones and what they need to do to keep those stones away from Thanos. And definitely the best way to keep them away from Thanos is for everyone to uh, bring all of the stones together into one place and have a chat about what you're going to do. In New York City. In New York City. Planet Earth, where nothing bad ever happens regarding ever. superheroes or, or Infinity Stones. Ever. Ever. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, Star-Lord has one, Captain Marvel has another, Adam Warlock, Turk Barrett, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Daredevil mm-hmm. villain, uh, Doctor Strange and Black Widow. And uh, they all convene, or five of them convene. Uh, Turk brings an entourage of baddies um, to uh, to discuss the future of the stones. Mm. Um, little do they know that the person that they're trying to keep them from, Thanos, was killed. Yeah. Seemingly beheaded by a mysterious individual uh, who is uh, cloaked on the front of this book. Um, now, listeners, if you care about superhero spoilers, like... Why? <laughs> Explain to me why. We do go over superhero spoilers, but like things like stories this, that matter, yeah. <laughs> like Saga. I, 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 you know, I, this I, is also something like it's only a spoiler as far as like this issue goes, and yep. you're gonna like if you are following this at all, then you already know, and you will 
we'll find out. We, and we also anyway. said as much last week. We guessed it was the first person that we guessed. Yeah. Um, that Gamora is the hooded figure who de- de- ca- Did you guess decapitated. That? I have no memory of that. Uh, one of us said Loki, one of us said Gamora. Yeah. I'm sure someone uh, listening can go back and listen. I certainly won't. No, me I've, got, I've got other ones to put together. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, so Gamora, which is like on one hand, like, oh, I kind of wanted it to be someone surprising, like a blast from the past. But uh, I did think that this was like earned. I, yeah. I thought that it really worked. And, and I was like, like oh. I actually like that. Yeah, and we're going to talk about a uh, another Marvel book later on in which a uh, a mysterious figure killed a bunch of characters, and which feels less earned. Um, and uh, we can compare it to this. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we can. Uh, so yeah. Uh, also, having just decapitated um, Thanos and throwing his head at at, at, at the at feet the group. of yeah for the group, <laughs> um, Gamora uh, decides that nothing ever dies, and so she plunges a sword into Star Lord's chest. Yeah. I mean, in Gamora's defense, she has asked very politely a number of times to please have the soul stone so that she can go in and get the, the part, part of her, of her that, that is, is stuck missing. in the soul stone. And obviously, I, I don't really understand why no one trusts Gamora in this. Like, let her do her thing. Go for it. She's Thanos' daughter. She hasn't given any reason to not trust her. I love that because Marvel have broken this up in a little, like, you know, different miniseries. Like, I don't love that, but no. what I love is that you would have tapped out and I feel like you have tapped out of this so many times, but it keeps bringing you back into this story. The <laughs> yeah, world no, really wants you to keep re- reading it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, but I think, you know, Duggan's writing on this, like it is, it's a very brisk pace. Um, and would we say this was brisk as it's been like this issue? I yeah, mean. yeah, yeah. And I feel like, issue, you know, like the issues themselves are brisk. The event, no. Yes. This ongoing, never ending, weird Just thing that he's spread m- out stuck nonsense. In. But uh, yeah, I, I I still enjoyed this comic, and I will be reading the rest of the series. Yeah, I really, I did enjoy this reveal. Yeah, and, um, but uh, I'm I just think Doctor Strange consistently makes bad choices. <laughs> I looks, think Loki was a much better Sorcerer Supreme. Okay, uh, Loki's also in this. He's got his own weird little agenda. Yeah, right. and there's like an alternate universe Loki who has all of the stones and is like, ha ha ha, and I'm the best. Worthy Loki, worthy Loki, and it looks like he's, he's. Thank you. It looks like he get he gets taken out by a Venom symbiote. Yeah. Uh, because in um, in uh, what's his name um, in Donny Cates's uh, Venom book, he's kind of exploring the idea that Venom wasn't always just one symbiote; it's something bigger than that. Mm. So yeah, they, that could that could come into play in this too. Good fun, I suppose. Yes, good fun, I suppose. Great, 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 uh, great <laughs> <Good> review. review. <laughs> uh, Marvel also put out another number one this week, and this is a uh, a book that I think I would have tapped out to were it not for the ridiculous ready schedule. But they finally lost me with this one. Okay. Uh, Marvel Rising, Ms. Marvel, and Squirrel Girl number one. I kept reading it because it has the uh, you know the, the the main writers of both those series, Ryan North and G. Willow Wilson, on this alongside Devin Grayson, who is fine, um, and some okay art artists, but. This issue has a printing error, and uh, oh no, pages are re- repeated, uh, and I was just like, ah, f- can't fuck be it, fucked. yeah, can't yeah. Be fucked. Also, like, I mean, I I recommended this series to a woman who was looking for a uh, superhero story. Hold on, code. your mic is cutting out. We'll fix it up live. I'm not editing this. I'm Siobhan. I'm not working right now. Hello, there I am. Really good kind of working. Oh man, it sounds not good. I'm gonna have to pause, everybody. Wait, here, here we go. You sound good. Great. Excellent. News. I'm not editing that out. That was really, really good. That's good content. Uh, anyway, I did recommend this to a woman who was searching for a 
superhero comic book for her eight-year-old daughter, um, preferably someone brown. And I was like, have I got the book for you? <laughs> um, and she was so, like, pleased and surprised that there was something that would appeal to her daughter so specifically and so... Um, Diversely, yeah, you know ref- what I mean. Referring to Squirrel Girl's costume, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah but uh, I wish this, this book was 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 uh, a little less in. Like, it's it's a huge undertaking to read this series because mm. it's like two double issues packed into one each issue with three different writers working on it. Yeah, I feel like it should be smaller than that, and and like because it is appealing to a younger reader, but like that's not how you appeal to younger readers. Yeah, true. Um, over to DC right now. Speaking of appealing to younger readers, we get the return of the Super Sons. Damian Wayne and John Kent, aka Superboy, are back. Um, Damian Wayne, aka Robin, I should point out as well. Uh, this is the Adventures of the Super Sons, written by Peter Tomasi, uh, with art by uh, Carlo Barberi and inks by Art Tibbet and Photo Bunker on colors. Good name. Or just like a program that they that they're assigned to <laughs> put the colors in. Um, and uh, so this is kind of um, after the Super Sun series ended, this is bringing it back um, and I feel like lowering the kind of tone of it so it reads a lot more like a young uh, a comic for young readers. This reminded me a lot of Peter David's Young Justice run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, maybe from the art point of as well, it feels like quite a throwback early 2000s uh, comic book art as well. Absolutely, especially once you get the um, like baby and justice gang. Yep. And uh, the whole time I was reading Super Sons, I was like, I want lower stakes. I want this to be more fun and about their like dorky adventures together because I love these characters. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much what this issue was. Reading back from it now, I'm like, I don't remember what happened and I don't care. <laughs> so maybe I <laughs> didn't want what I thought I wanted. Yeah, look, to be honest, I don't, I don't think I'm going to keep reading this. I think it's like cute and the art's really nice. And I think for kids, mm-hmm. this is like great, perfect, ideal. Um, and I like the little baby injustice gang with the chubby, chubby. Um, That's what happened in this issue. Deadshot, <laughs> chubby Deadshot, and girl Captain Cold. Great. Yep, and a uh, little little boy Lex Luthor who's already bald. Yeah. For some reason. Um, and then like a big a big hairy person. I don't really know who that is. Anyway, um, yeah, not for me, but for kids, great. Mm. Or people who just love these characters and yeah, wanted to see these little, little dudes fight. Lynn. Lynn. Lynn from Lynn Kings. from Kings. She loves it. What days is Lynn at work anymore? She's at work at Kings? I haven't seen her forever. Uh, like weekends. Okay, right. Sundays, so weekends. Sundays, most of the time. All right. There you go, Lynn. <laughs> Sc- staffing schedule. Now part of the yeah. podcast. <laughs> she still comes in on Thursday to pick up comics and we t- chat about comics. Um, over to Image now for a book written by John Lehman, formerly of Chew, um, with uh, art by Nick Patara. Um, and uh, we also have uh, colors by Michael Garland. This is called Leviathan. Tara's art looks very, very different coloured by this person. Yeah, totally. Um, this is a... Uh, Pitara is best known for being um, the Manhattan Projects That's artist. That's where I know him from. With Hickman. Um, and uh, this is them doing a like a kaiju comedy, yeah. I guess, where, uh, yeah, like a, from, from beneath the earth, I a big monster. I think comedy is a strong word. <laughs> a, attempted Did comedy. Did you find it funny? I mean, it's te- tentative. You have a very naked, yeah. obvious Donald Trump. Sleeping at one point. That was probably my favorite. Um, in, a, in a bed that says page. get money. <laughs> that's what my bed says too. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. a good, that's a good um, portrait as well. Where you can see like his big pubes. His Merkin. Bo- why, why would he have a self-portrait where his man boobs were that um, voluptuous? He Maybe thinks he, he looks good. And he's got a money tattoo on his torso. Lovely. Uh, but yeah, so basically this is kind of like a, we see a, 
a kaiju attack from like five different points of view. Mm-hmm. Um, is it in New York? I assume it's in New York. Uh, it always is. And uh, yeah, um, it follows the this one dorky dude who loses his girlfriend uh, because of this attack of this monster. There's a religious guy. There's a cultist kind of guy. And there's Called some goth Jimmy, which is what I call Jim from Kings. Actually, no, we don't. We call him Porno Jimmy. <laughs> Put him in a kaiju comic. Uh, yeah. This was like, you know, if you're desperate for like a little bit, a little slice of uh, either creator, um, this should uh, appease you. But um, not, not, not for me, this one. Yeah, same. Same, little, same, same. A little too dorky, goofy, kind of blokey, whatever. Also, like, kill off the girlfriend in like the first issue. Blah, 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 That's blah. That's what I mean. Now all the characters are men. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Except maybe the kaiju. But the kaiju's a girl. Yeah, kaiju could have boobs. <laughs> Yeah, how are we supposed to tell if it's golf? She doesn't have long eyelashes and tits. Everyone knows kaiju women have... <laughs> no. End of sentence. Um, over to Dark Horse now to uh, the Burger Books uh, imprint, oh, started by Karen Burger. Um, and we got a uh, long-awaited number one. I feel like this is when, when they announced Burger Books. This is like kind of the most excited mm-hmm. everyone was about one of the new series started. This is called The Seeds. It's written by Anne Nocenti um, with art by David Aja. Um, and... Uh, I have not seen David, either of their names on, on a comic for a while. So it's obvious that they've been spending a lot of time working on this book. And uh, uh, I had to read this twice. Yes, I'm looking at And your mic mic's now. gone off again. What is going on, Siobhan? What are you doing? Maybe we should swap mics. Yeah, I had to read this one twice um, because I, I, fi- I read it late one night and then I finished it. And I was like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Mm, mm. Uh, I don't actually remember. I definitely read that but I don't have the copy in front of me, and so I'm just looking at it like, mm, what happened? So what there happened? is a bees. There's a town. Yep. Uh, in this city, this enormous city is uh, a wall. Okay. There's a wall between the city, and y- you can travel between the walls, but there, a lot of people choose not to over mm-hmm. the, to go over the wall to, into the other side of the town because um, there's like different like technology restraints and um, risks to your health and safety over there. Okay. Um, and so yeah, we meet. There's a reporter. Mm-hmm. who is basically sent to uh, report on the other side of the wall. We also meet a, a sex worker who is um, who is spending time with uh, someone who wears a mask for the entirety of their of their time together. Mm. Um, there's something going on with birds and something going on with bees. And uh, at the end of this issue, I'll say. it's revealed that um, there, are, there are aliens that are trying to fix our earth, I guess is my interpretation of it. Okay. This is uh, very reminiscent of a Vertigo book. And Karen Berger, of course, was uh, the inventor of Vertigo mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the comic imprint Vertigo. <laughs> She's a, 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 that, that horrible feeling you get when you stand up too fast. Karen Berger invented that. Um, and uh, yeah, so The Seeds is uh, really, really felt like one of those quite strange Vertigo first issues where you're like, I'm not entirely sure what happened. Yeah. But I know I hopefully will be more aware of that by the time I finish the next issue, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. David Aya's Aja, um, his art is uh, like tremendous. It's very Great. different to what I've seen him do on superhero books like Hawkeye in the past. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be reading all of this series, and I, I hope to make more sense of it uh, in the future. I think this is a this is a remarkable book. There's nothing. I don't really. I can't really talk on a grander scale of in terms of story until I've read more of it. Yeah, totally. But like a very interesting first issue. And I think probably something that most people who listen to this would have picked up anyway, but definitely pick it up if you didn't. Good if advice. You can still find copies. Sound- oh, really? Is it sold out everywhere? Um, I don't know if it's sold out, but it sold really well for us. It's pretty That's close. awesome. Yeah. Nice work. It's a, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a strange and different book and Absolutely. it's always good when those things so well. People love it. The Seeds, Burger Books, doing some good stuff over at Dark Horse. 
Uh, Siobhan, you read one more number one that I uh, read. Some oh, yeah. of them was like, yeah. Pass. Okay, I read uh, Project Superpowers, issue one by Rob Williams and Sergio Davila. Um, and I actually really liked this. Oh, cool. It's like an alternate, it's like, again, another alternate universe superhero story. And we um, meet these characters after the. They've traveled, one of the ladies has traveled forward into the future and all the other superheroes are dead. She's not a superhero anymore and there aren't really superheroes anymore. Um, and then something crazy happens and she has to be a superhero again. But then there are all these superheroes that kind of are in- introduced throughout this story. Yep. Uh, the reason I stopped reading is that I, I thought that I should have known who they all were and the comic doesn't do a good enough explanation of introducing them. Totally. I think that um, it relies quite a bit on you sort of knowing either who the characters are or having like a pretty good familiarity with like superhero tropes. So I feel like I was like, oh yeah, there's the flying guy and (laughs) there's the strong guy and there's the woman. Um, (laughs) The woman. My favorite superhero trope. Look, tell me that's not true. But I like it um, and I think that they did a good job of introducing like a new character um, and I find it hilarious that she seems to like she gets draped in like an American flag, and that's her superpower. I don't really understand. Yeah, she just suddenly is is covered in an American flag after. And it says, "You have been chosen," and the the flag helps her punch. Yeah, good power. Sentient anyway. flag or, or or superpower? Uh, combo, combo, <laughs> combo of the two. Um, but actually, I enjoyed this more than I thought it was going to. Um, yeah, cool, fine. It's Project Superpowers. There was a zero issue that came out a little while ago. Right. Okay. Did but, you read that one? No. Um, again, I, I read a little bit of it. I was like, I don't get this. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's came out through Dynamite, was it? Yes. Again, it's just like sort of another. If you feel <laughs> overwhelmed yeah. by DC and Marvel and you want superheroes, and more superheroes more, to be overwhelmed by. Yeah. Well, just if you want a, a superhero universe that's a little bit more self-contained, mm, I, mean, I think that you know stuff like this in the Valiant universe can be a bit of fun. But don't. Too many people get into it because then they'll make more spin-off series exactly. based in the same universe. And we'll be the same problem we have with the other series. Let's keep it small. So don't buy it, actually. <laughs> uh, that is it for First Things First. Um, if you uh, started any of those books uh, this week and uh, want to discuss them, we have just the place for you. Mm-hmm. It's called The Serious Issues Comic Book Talk Facebook page. And uh, we have uh, thousands of uh, listeners and comic book fans in there talking about comics all the time. Uh, you can find it at facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. And we'd love to have you there. Absolutely. Um, now we play a game called Roll the Dice for Image, Marvel or DC, in which I use a very cool dice that our listener Brad Love made for us. Thanks, Love. Images of, uh, of, the, of the various uh, comic publishers attached to a dice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to roll it right now. Uh, we're going to do Image first. Then I'm going to do DC, and then finally Marvel. Uh, So, let's start off with a review of Paper Girls. Yes, please. Issue number 23. Brian K. Vaughan, Cliff Chang, Matt Wilson, Jared K. Fletcher. A time-traveling romp starring four teens from the 80s. Mm -hmm. Now set in I don't fucking know when. The future. Hanging out with I don't fucking know who. Other future versions of themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and every issue they introduce a new insane concept that you just have to be like, okay, this is happening now. Yep. Yep. Um, Two of them are on a journey to, um, cure one of them of a cancer that has been cured in this future. Yep. Um, by attacking doctors. Great plan. (laughs) I'm very into it. Two With a laser scalpel. (laughs) Two versions of one of them. So a future version and then the past version and one other are trying to infiltrate um, to find a girl from the past whose baby they saved. Yep. Who may 
have pretended that her baby was her brother, who is now maybe the evil overlord of this future. <laughs> um, what else? What else happened in this issue? It's so it's completely bonkers, and I feel like you know we always talk about how great it is to see Cliff Chang, the artist, do uh, so many incredible, high concept, new, inventive monsters and robots and future tech, but. His um, the emotion and, and facial features that he does on the faces of uh, of all of the characters, specifically mm. like you know young characters that always look the age they're meant to look. Yes, and old is, characters with wrinkles and ex- like depth. Yeah, I mean, if you've read a Captain America book recently, you'll know how hard it is for an artist to draw an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Women Chang's are young or whores. Sorry, Cliff Chang's got it down, um, and uh, I, yeah, I just think I, I love. Uh, I love how much uh, emotion and how much work goes into just like the simple facial expressions he's able to put on his uh, on the characters that that communicate so much in a book with, you know, some of the best dialogue you'll find in a comic because BKV wrote, BKV wrote it. Absolutely. He also wrote Saga. Siobhan, where would I go if I wanted to hear an all spoiler episode of Saga? I don't know. I don't think anything that amazing. It's called Patreon.com slash Series News Podcast. <laughs> See you there after this episode. <laughs> Woo. Uh, but yeah, great episode of a great issue of Paper Girls. Yeah, absolutely. It's always great. I think it's the. Um, I feel like it's weirdly under underappreciated as a BKV book comparatively to to Saga. I yeah. feel like we'll get into this with Saga. Like I, I def I, like I love Paper Girls, but there is just something so much more gripping about Saga. Whereas yeah. this is so high concept, <coughs> and you know Saga is full of high concepts too. But I feel like this is much more of a science fiction. Yeah, Saga's book. like about family, mm. um, whereas Paper Girls about fucking crazy time travel adventures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I sort of. I think I, I look forward to and I probably enjoy individual issues of Paper Girls more than Saga. Because it very personally. it doesn't kick you in the in the dick anywhere near as much as Saga does. No. I hate being kicked in the dick. Um tell me about Bloodstrike the Brutalists. Bloodstrike Brutalists by Michael Fife, the um creator of Copra. Copra. Um Oprah. Oprah. He, he, created, he created Oprah. Oprah. Thank goodness. Um, but Cop- he does- would you subscribe to a Copra book club, book of the month club? Yes, I would. Okay, great. Great. Um, he does the story art and edits on this. So it has a very, I would say, underground 90s vibe to it. And it's a, like Bloodstrike is a strange team <laughs> as it is. It's like uh, superheroes who failed in the field and so they died and then they're brought back to life by an evil government agency and sent out to do other jobs that, like, Youngblood can't do. Um, so they're kind of like the X-Force of Youngblood, but of dead clones, which is great. And <laughs> um, this issue finished up this little mini arc by Michael Fife, and I really enjoyed it. It's, like, very odd and, like, not super linear. There's lots of, like, death and then coming back, and half of this is just him in a bar talking to someone, trying to convince them to come back. Um, but I thought it was really good and lots of good violence and good action stuff. And now they're sort of redoing the whole image... Uh, Liefeld verse, yeah. but with some really interesting stuff. So, like... Um, Andrew McLean from Headlopper is going to be doing a profit series. Oh, dude, that's so awesome. So good. It might just be a one shot, but either way, like, I am so excited. Um, then we've got Bloodshot Three, Bloodstrike 3000 from Matthew Allison. Glory and Supreme are going to be in a um, comic together by Zach Soto. So, and all of these, all these spinoffs and Bloodstrike Blood Brutalists, like, included, fully embrace the ridiculousness of the 90s and of Rob Liefeld's, you know, like they're not trying to 
be better than what Rob Liefeld was doing in the 90s. They, they really fully embraced it and it's like a love letter to, Absolutely. to what he was trying to do, which is very, very fun to, to read. Yeah, I've enjoyed like the Glory series by um, two people who I can never remember. Joe Keating? Yeah, Joe Keating and yeah. the artist who did Wet Moon. Okay. Um, it's one of my favorite books from the last sort of 10 years or so. But also, what kind of a crazy... Um, Tease is this Glory issue 16 The wait is over Did Alan Moore Really come out of retirement To collaborate with Al, Al Columbia Together again For the first time What What Cool <laughs> That's great <laughs> I love Glory Awesome um, So uh, I read uh, Stray Bullets Sunshine and Roses Issue number 37 uh, David Laffham has a new Comic starting soon Which I'm very excited about I hope that means That he's not going to end Stray Bullets very soon mm. Because this feels like It's really reaching uh, The catch up point that this uh, that this series has been filling the gap of, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like he must be going for a clean forty of Sunshine and Roses too, which is what the original Stray Bullet series went to forty one actually. Cool, um, man, I love this series so much. It's a, uh, in my opinion, essential reading for anyone who loves uh, crime fiction, uh, particularly if you like you know fairly grim uh, crime stories where everyone makes terrible mistakes constantly mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you kind of love them for it anyway and it really challenges you to root for like bad guys absolutely bad people mm. um and uh this issue there are so many because basically we, we, we know that because this is filling in a, in a timeline that we um have seen the end of in the original Blood story bullet series um we know that Two of the characters that we uh, that feature most prominently in this in this in this issue die, mm-hmm. and uh, they talk specifically about death in this issue, and it's pretty mm-hmm. heartbreaking, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because they're I think they must be like a, you know a few months away from being killed. Oh man! Um, and it's a it's a real bummer, but it's an incredibly well drawn and written bummer written, um, by by a very absolute master, David Laffham. I love a well drawn bummer. Uh, it's so so good. Um, yeah, I highly recommend everyone reading it, and everyone that does is uh, in my elite club of cool guys. Oh, that's, that's cool. We, we hang out. <laughs> you have a club? Yeah, it's the cool guy club. No gyms allowed. <laughs> um, you know what? I've, I, I feel like Jim's read the most of Stray Bullets out of everyone yeah, in the definitely. room right now, so he's, he's in the club. In the club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, from Image, The Last Siege, issue number three. Um, this is written by Landry Q. Walker, Justin Greenwood, Eric Jones, and Patrick Brousseau. Uh, round out the uh, creative team, featuring an incredible uh, variant cover by um, our boy Ramon Villalobos. Fuck, I love him so much. I'm looking forward to his new series. Yeah. coming. Is it DC putting that out? Vertigo. The Vertigo. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Border Town looks amazing. Real good. Um, but yeah, Last Siege is a, uh, a medieval comic about someone uh, coming over from the east and uh, bringing his crazy new ways to become the king of a, a place where. It's a pretty. It, I, I really loved the first issue of this, and this has become not by the numbers, but none of the characters look remarkable enough to decipher who they yeah. are from other characters. Yeah, and I think this would read pretty well, a lot more, a lot better in trade. So I might wait for the trade to come out on this one. Uh, also, I read this immediately after reading um, the IDW series, um, The Highest House. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I missed. I I continuously miss that well, because it sells so well. And they didn't they didn't ship one issue recently, and so I got both of them oh, last nice. week. Okay. Um, and um, more on that later when we get mm. the other publishers. But uh, like you know, it's it, you shouldn't compare things immediately. But, but if you're going to choose one medieval-based story to read yeah. at this the, current moment in time. The Highest House. I can't wait to talk about that, actually. That yeah, was, I'm yeah, jealous. Really, very good. Uh, Walking Dead, uh, issue number 182. I'm still reading it. That's your update. I feel like I've read, that's been the same review for like the last four issues of this. Just keeps going. Just keeps yep. on trucking. Just, well, it's, you know, there, this was, there was, 
I think there's no zombies in this issue. Do you think Kirkman will ever let someone else ride it? I feel like it, like that's kind of like a smart move. Yeah. But I feel like he, I agree. He like you know he he's not it's not a, it's you know when I say I'm still reading it that's not to put put down in the series at all. I just don't know what to say in terms of reviewing it. It's kind of uh, transcended a comic that I can talk about critically. It's just this living thing, this Absolutely. petri dish dish of. Uh, of uh, American society plus zombies. Which is kind of amazing. Like, that's a pretty incredible legacy. Yeah, and the fact that Charlie Adlard, you know, has just been churning out issue after issue on art uh, is, uh, is, yep. is, is phenomenal. So, yeah, anyway, no, um, good. It was an issue. Do <laughs> uh, we say what we talk about next? DC. Um, should we dip in the well of my favorite source of content for this podcast and talk about Batman issue number 52? Man, okay, I missed like 90% of these comics. But yes, let's talk about uh, Batman issue 52. Uh, this is uh, written by Tom King and uh, art by my favorite Batman artist uh, currently, Lee Weeks, especially man. when paired with oh, Elizabeth man. Brightweiser on color. Um, I love his take on Batman, which looks like nothing I've ever seen Batman like wear or, you know, pose as before, but also feels really reminiscent of all the other Batman stuff that I've loved in the past. Absolutely. Um, I also just love his Bruce Wayne. I love, I mean, Betty Brightwise's colors are so good. So good. But this is Tom King doing what we wished Charles Soule was doing on Daredevil um, and doing a courtroom drama book starring Batman, except Batman is uh, basically on a jury, uh, and it's a, the, the court case involves uh, uh, finding Mr. Freeze guilty, and uh, the entire jury is convinced that he is, except Bruce Wayne uh, knows that Batman used uh, techniques to get the evidence out of uh, Mr. Freeze that, that throw the whole case out the window. Because he was so sad about Catwoman leaving him that he had to beat him to a bloody pulp. Fair enough. We've An all been there. Pulp. Breakups. Am I right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this. Though. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good issue. It's a good story arc. The art's fucking amazing. It's fun. It's interesting. It's genuinely interesting. Like, it's an interesting way of looking at the idea. This is what I want from Tom King. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Really, really fun. and But, like, different. Never write a romance book ever, ever again. <laughs> you don't know how to write romance. <laughs> but you do know how to write courtroom drama. Yes. Um, so just make make Batman, Batman a courtroom drama. I mean, it's just every, like, that's his, he's just always on the jury now. Yay. <laughs> Bruce Wayne's like, I volunteer for jury duty forever. And like just less and less Batman and just it's just Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Ju- jury man. I want that. Can we make that? Yeah, sure, I want that. Thing. Have you ever had to do jury duty? Uh because I have been a sole trader who works for himself for like over a decade, you just give them your ABN. Ah, your Australian they say no. business number and they're like, Oh, you're legit and then they take you off the list. But I I was ah. called up three times, got the letter three times, uh, before I was told, hey, just give them your AVN and mm. you never have to do it again. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So you still have to spend like an entire day you, and watch the stupid movie they make you watch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about why jury duty is important. Yeah. The problem with... I ended up doing jury duty one time and it was the worst. What kind of case? Uh, it was like an assault case. Yikes. Yeah, it was not fun. Um, but the problem with jury duty is that everyone who's on the jury are the people who want to be on a jury. So they're like unemployed old people who have opinions oh with God. a capital O. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was fine. It was the worst. Do you uh, make any lifelong friends on that panel? I made literally everyone hate me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because you were the only, or was it like a hung jury? Were you the Bruce Wayne of the... Of I was. The, oh, I was the Bruce fantastic. Wayne. I was the Bruce Wayne. 
That's and no one liked me because I was young, but I was like, but I know about the law. <laughs> <laughs> I insult people all the time. <laughs> Look, I've been through these cases before. I know how they work. Uh, Batman also showed up in Deathstroke this week. Issue number 34 continues the Deathstroke versus Batman arc. As now, we'd more. sold out of this, so I didn't get a copy. Oh, so you're going to have to tell me about damn, it. Damn, that's I so know, good I'm to know how, how well this is. Christopher Priest's excellent uh, Deathstroke run uh, continuing with art by... Uh, man, I hate saying this last name, but uh, I've got to read it first. Uh, Carlo Pagulian. Nice. Uh, inks Killed by Jason it. Paz and Trevor Scott. Jeremy Cox on color. Um, and uh, yeah, this is just a, a, a great tangle of like, you know, mostly very stern and serious written two mm-hmm. men coming after each other, Deathstroke and Batman. Um, un- uncovering secrets about each other, and uh, but then occasionally they'll just be like the most lewd, gross, crass jokes. And Priest is just such a master of. He's uh, so good. I don't understand how he gets away with some of the stuff that he says in this book. Yeah, because it's like it's Rudy. Yeah, Rudy Nudy. Rudy Nudy. Um, actually, there's no nudies in this, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, Deathstroke or Batman? If you to get a nude, you draw a nudie oh. calendar of Deathstroke or Batman. I the, the silver mm. hair, mm. You, like, yeah. Jim, Jim adds, why not both? But this, uh, this hypothetical is I'm going to say Deathstroke. Yeah, because I think that's something. swords. Hello, swords, silver pubes. What more do you want? The sheen. Of also, them, I think of there's something both. wrong with Batman's penis. Oh really? Why else would he be like that? <laughs> be like what in particular? Be like a fucking maniac. Oh right. I mean, other than his parents being killed, but the, you got to assume there's something else going on, right? <laughs> Maybe his parents were killed by his weird penis. Oh my god! <laughs> what a con- what a complex you develop. <laughs> anyway, great issue of Deathstroke, um, and I'll leave it for you to read so you can catch up too. Okay, thank so you. So we can read the finale together. Yes, please. All right, uh, tell me what's going on in Mister Miracle. Mister Miracle, cover. issue number t- ten. Excellent uh, cover by Nick Darrington, who has been doing incredible work on the covers across He's this so board. I uh, read by Tom King with Mitch Gerrards on art. Um, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda have brought a child into this world. And they called him Joseph. But um, because Joseph's lighter. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Like yeah. his, his last name, his middle name is Ladder. His, his, you know, he's Slatter. 
Is that really? No. <laughs> For a second, I was like, I fucking hate Tom King so much. <laughs> <laughs> he was named after Joseph Ladder, though, wasn't it? Was I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, uh, Darkseid has uh, demanded the baby or else he will bring war unlike what anyone has ever seen. Why does he want seen. the baby? Because it's he, he, he because he, ra- he raised both Mr. Miracle and Big Barter on okay. Apocalypse and therefore he's claiming claiming right to, to the baby. Right. And so uh, Big Barter does not want to have the discussion with Scott about giving their baby to Darkseid. Whereas uh, Mr. Miracle is like, come on, we've got to talk about it at some point. And there are some... Uh, Interesting conversations with uh, with that funky guy who's like become the babysitter of their kid. Um, there's a pretty amusing part where um, Ted Cord, uh, Booster Gold, and um, and Mister Miracle are, are drunk outside of a bar, and he's ordered a boom tube from the, his mother box. But his boom tube, his mother box is pretty much an iPhone, and the boom tube is an Uber. <laughs> so there are delays on the boom tube, like you know. <laughs> so it's slice of life <laughs> stuff in this larger than life. <laughs> larger than slice of life is mm. how I would describe yeah, this just book. Just a big slice of life. Um, but there was a conversation in this in which uh, Big Barter kind of confronts Scott, Mr. Miracle, about his suicide attempt. And uh, I just made me feel uncomfortable reading it in mm. which, like, you know. In a good way? She says, when do I get to escape, Scott? And yeah, I, I look. I, whenever I read Tom King's books now, I think of your comments about how he doesn't really know how to write women, <laughs> and I feel like I've always been like I've always thought Big Barter was the best character of this series, mm. and like you know, reason for me to keep uh, to keep reading. And obviously, I don't expect her to be like this positive force in Scott's life. Is you know, he's always the mopey one, but when she is too, and how quick almost, is their baby growing up as well? I mean, it's a fast moving series. Yeah. How old is um, the baby supposed to be now? Like uh, 18. No, 18. <laughs> <laughs> no. One, one year old, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's his birthday. It's their first birthday. Right, his okay. first birthday. I don't know. I just I, I found that scene, problematic is not the right word, just uncomfortable for my taste. Heavy-handed? Heavy-handed. Of course. I mean, we, we've, we say that about every issue, even the good yeah. ones. Uh, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I've got two issues left to go. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see this series out. I'm definitely not enjoying it as much as I was when it started. I think it's... Uh, I feel like... The Vision, for example, which is a, a great one to compare it to because it is 12 issues as well yeah. and was deeply rooted in relationships mm-hmm. and, and, and sadness. I feel like that brought in like so much more to the story as opposed to like the story being at the background of this series, almost like minutiae that you don't even need to pay attention to. It's more about the feelings and the drama that come from the mundane day-to-day day stuff that's at the forefront of this book, but... I think, yeah, I think that the story was why I loved the vision so much and obviously the characters within it. This story is, is not comparable in any way. You know, yeah. and it, it, obviously it comes down to your personal taste of what you want to read in a comic. But uh, yeah, I think I've lost patience with mm. what this comic is trying to do. Um, I, I also, I feel very, I mean, uh, like I, I probably shouldn't really even be commenting because I didn't read the issue and so I'm not 100% sure what exactly he's getting at. But I, I don't like the suicide as escape thing. Do you well, know what I mean? Well, like that, that makes me was, yeah. profoundly uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, yeah, not not great. I I, I, I get it. I, I think suicide is definitely something that you know should be explored within art. But yeah, I don't know if uh, heavy handed is the way to explore it. Yes. Um, Justice League issue number five. Uh, I, I picked it up because it has the Legion of the Doom on the front. Uh, Luther and, and Joker and Sinestro and Black Manta. There's Cheetah, nothing that's Gorilla more Grunt. Lex Luthor than flying through the air punching. No, he's, got, he's pointing. He's pointing at us. Oh, he's pointing. Us. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, this is actually written by James Tinian the Fourth. Oh, 
with art by Doug Mankey. And I was oh, like, cool, okay. I like both of those people. Yeah, except this is just James Tinian and the Fourth telling, <laughs> re- retelling the first three issues, for four issues of Justice League <laughs> from Lex's point, Lu- um, Lexa, Lex Luthor's point of view. Why? Um, what did you, what did you just happen? Did you ch- I don't know. Siobhan tried to drink a comic. <laughs> I choked. Um, and I was just like, what's the, I, I, like, it actually reaches the same cliffhanger that we got in, at the end of issue four. So what was the point of this? I don't know. I get you, you know, see it from his perspective. The, the point of this is to is to not <laughs> make dying. a good case for double shipping. Absolutely, I can't think of a good example of double shipping. When has a double ship comic been good? Sounds <laughs> like I'm crying. Um, when uh, Greg Rucker, when Greg Rucker was telling two timelines during Wonder Woman. Oh uh, yeah, that was good. This is great. <laughs> I'm gonna try and think of something that I know you don't like, and so you can talk about it. And it makes you sound emotional about it. Anyway, I think I'm finally off this book. I gave it yeah. five issues. I'm off Justice League, but you know what? Justice League book I love, the Injustice League. Not really. Injustice Two, my favorite DC series. Mm, um, yeah, this is this again sold out. So wow, damn! Written by Tom Taylor. Um, when did you pick up your comics this week? Thursday. Okay. Me too. Look at those interiors. Who did that? Is that Doug uh, Mickey? No, it's not. It is, um, I'm trying to find it. It is uh, Daniel Samper. Oh, lovely. With inks by Juan Albaran and colors by John Calise and Rex Locus. Looks good. Um, and uh, like I know we're excited about Grant Morrison's Green Lanterns run, but I don't I'm know so if it could be more fun than what this issue is. Uh, I don't in think which... fun is what I expect from it. Yeah, but it's good to read a fun one, right? Uh, so a disgraced Hal Jordan um, is reluctantly given a ring when um, uh, the Red Lanterns, under the command of Starro, try and take down both the Lantern, Green Lantern Corps and the Guardians at the same time. Why is uh, he disgraced? I've told you this fucking 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> he sided with the evil Superman in the first oh, okay, series. Oh, okay, there you go. And, which led to the death of many, including... Uh, why did he side with Guy, Guy Gardner? Yeah, I remember the Guy Gardner and, and, guy, but yeah. why did he side with Superman? Because Superman made a you know like, compelling case. Or, you know, He's also like, like, I'm fucking how crazy now. How do you now? say no to Superman? I guess I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Please continue. And <laughs> anyway, they they um he because they need all the all the help they can get, which includes a um a Titans team uh, featuring Booster Gold, Lobo, who gets uh, cut in half in this issue. Sick. Um, does, and, Lo- does Lobo have like healing powers? Yeah, he does. And when he starts right. healing, there's this great moment where um, uh, he he goes, um, okay, I'm starting to grow back everything already. And then it just cuts this brilliant panel of, of uh, Booster Gold sticking his tongue out and then asking <laughs> a, a guardian if, if this planet has any pants. <laughs> um, what yeah. is Lobo's dick like? Well, at this, Covered in at this, spikes. At this, at this, Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, the, Hal Jordan is given a ring um, so he can help fight Starro and the Red Lanterns. And also and, get married. And then uh, Sinestro, who has been imprisoned by the Green Lanterns, is given a green ring as well because they need all the help they can get. And then the last person that you'd ever expect to get given a Green, green Lantern ring uh, is Lobo. And I don't even like Lobo, but this sells it in such a way that I was just yep. like, it, it, the comic ended and it ends with Lobo putting on a Green Lantern ring. Uh, it, of the, the thing says, Lobo of Sarnia, you have the ability to overcome great. And then he goes, uh-huh, less ceremony, more powers. Welcome to the Green Lantern Corps. And then he says, fuck yeah. And great. then I sort of said, fuck yeah, also. <laughs> This is a great series. Lobo it's, is one of those characters that in the right hands, I'm like, yes, yeah, totally. such gold. Um, so fun. Uh, That's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's just this brilliant bit. Like, he just, like, yeah, the, the guy 
the, the the Green Lantern just goes, oh, what choice do we have? And hands it over. <laughs> oh, it's just great. Tom Taylor has such a great handle on literally every character in the DC universe. It's like, really impressive. It's fucking incredible. It's such a like light touch that he has that just sort of feels like he's just like juggling all these things in this really expert way. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Great issue. Um, finally, from DC, over from their Young Animal imprint, we have the finale of our favorite Young Animal series, Shade the Changing Woman. Written by Cecil Castellucci, art by Marley Zarconi, and um, uh, colors by Kelly Fitzpatrick, uh, inks by Andy Parks. Uh, and look, I think this was a good ending. Yeah. I feel like this series needed another 12 issues, just like the first series, to fully uh, explore the much bigger story she seemed to be telling in this mm. arc. Which involved, like, you know, other characters becoming Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of a theme going on. But, um, yeah, and, and like a lot more tying into the DC universe, which I thought was like a lot more natural than any of the other young animal books were doing. Yeah, even, totally. even Mother Panic, which I enjoy, like, you know, they're, they're in an alternate Gotham. I don't know. I just think this was like a really perfect ending. I think that they really closed out the whole series in a way that felt very genuine. I don't think it felt rushed. I think it felt. I know, right, right, you know, I shouldn't have said rushed. Quick, it just felt quick. True, I, I could, like I, I could deal spend, with this going on exactly. forever. I can spend so much more time with the characters, but I just thought the 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 problem from from the last few issues was resolved very quickly, um, and uh, it ends on like a nice kind of cliffhanger that hopefully we get more of. Yeah, um, and, and from that moment, like that final page, that's a brilliant final. Brilliant, page. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think that I think this just goes on how much I loved the the, 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 the characters and the art, the story. Um, I could have spent a lot more time with it, um, and uh, I'm not disappointed at all. I just wish it was another twelve issues. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely something that I'm gonna sort of. I hope they collect it all in one volume, yep. um, and that then beautiful hardcover. I would just love to give this to everyone that I know because I think it's so beautiful and so uh, well paced, and the the sort of themes that they dealt with, like. I, it's kind of almost like the same themes as that Tom King deals with, but in like a much more sophisticated way and using the genre in a much um, more impressive way, I think. Yeah. Um, so there's a, uh, a, a back, some back matter, a letter from, from Gerard Way at the end of this in which uh, he talks about um, there being an issue 13 of, of Doom Patrol and, or, and 12 coming very soon. Um and uh, yeah, apparently there's going to be more more young animal stuff in the near future. Yeah, what else have they announced, Jim? Uh, do you remember what other young animal stuff they've announced? I don't think they have. Oh, I thought they had. No, I think yeah. I guess it's just just kind of like the promise of more. I just you know I hate that Doom Patrol is the one that continues. I, know, <laughs> I wish it was I know. Shade. Yeah, Shade's so good. Um, yeah, so look, I think even with one issue of Mother Panic left and one issue of Eternity Girl left, I can safely say that Shade of Ch- Shade Changing Woman was absolutely my favorite thing to come out of the Young Animal imprint. Same. And um, required reading for everyone uh, that wants to read something a little different from the big two. Absolutely agreed. Um, RIP, may you come back ASAP. Yes, please. With the same creative team. Of course. Please no, no please don't let anyone else do this book. Yes. yes. <laughs> it was such a perfect match. Um, and look, I mean, if we can't get more Shade, then... I hope Cecil and Marley make their... And Kelly Fitzpatrick as well. Yeah. Great colours. I, I hope they make their way over to Image to do a creator own one because I reckon it'll do really well. Yep. Yep. Um, so let's go over to Marvel right now for issue two of Death of the Inhumans. Whoa. Written by Donny Cates. It's with the Art jerk by... from Batman. 
It's the Batman. Pretty much. Joke. Ariel Olivetti on color on art with Jodie Belair on colors. This is yeah, literally all the Inhumans die at some point in this mini series. Yeah. Um, and while the first issue got a lot of the, some of the, the the shocking deaths out of the way, I did not see the final death of this one coming so early in the series. We don't know if it, the death actually happens. I guess I suppose it does. There's yeah. a. I mean, I would be surprised if it took. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course, obviously. I mean, I, I feel like all all the deaths we've seen in this series so far. I, I, they're either going to get undone by the end of this this season, this uh, mini series, mm-hmm. or they'll come back pretty soon after. Um, but what, like, I think this is a really well done book, considering mm. the kind of shock value kind of book it is. Um, and there's, you know, I love um, Black Bolt, you know, yelling the names of the of the of the dead Inhumans mm. as as his way of taking out his enemy. I thought that was wonderful. Absolutely. But I hate that they're all dying at the hands of this, like, you know. No name, black masked villain. Like maybe it'll be revealed that he has a bigger connection to all these characters than we know so far. Yeah, he's sure got like a be. tuning fork on his head. So it could be. Oh, you reckon he's going to be like Black Bolt from the future? Maybe. Yeah, possibly. Um, Something like that. Yeah, I just. Uh, yeah, I just. I don't know. I, I, I kind of. I, I wish it was someone that had more stake in the story, or someone yeah. that was introduced in a, in a in a more recent arc or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I sort of think like so far, this is a series that has like genuine impact. It has some like great moments. Sure. Um, like Karnak saying, I told you the king has prepared a statement. <laughs> and then uh, Black Bolt comes in and just destroys everything with his sweet vocal powers. Um, but I like, I like this. I think it's sort of yeah, me clever. Too. It's, it's a weird balance of like a kind of courtly war games slash ultra violence and like there seems to be real there's like real stakes yeah in space obviously enormous stakes um and the korea back being jerks yeah totally yeah um but like i don't know imagine if like the bad guy was ronan the accuser that would work yeah yeah i'm sure that'd be fine i mean like imagine it is and it's the same thing okay sure (laughs) (laughs) you could still have any comic (laughs) imagine this bad comic is a good one (laughs) Huh? Um, so Donny Cates thing. It's still a comic book What's your fucking problem? Donny Cates also wrote issue two of Cosmic Ghost Rider this week um, Which is um, has art by Dylan Burnett Which is awesome art I really yeah. love it And, and Antonio Favela on colours This is a big, silly, cosmic story In which a uh, now uh, In which Frank Castle uh, After making a series of deals with extremely uh, big cosmic beings also has the power cosmic himself, um, and and is uh, also a ghost rider. Yes, that's right. And um, he has taken on the task of raising um, Thanos to be not evil. Um, and it's big and stupid and so fun, so much fun. And uh, I love that the Watcher showing up to, <laughs> to watch him make an incredibly bad decision. Um, like you know, if you're a Punisher fan. Don't expect to see any semblance of the Frank Castle you know and lo- love. No, from any Punisher very before. Like it's, it's like a, he's a, well, he's just like he's a wacky character in a spacesuit that has yes. a, a Marvel history. Um, but uh, man, it's so much fun. And at the end of this issue, um, after learning, after after he he decides to be the one to raise uh, Thanos, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, show up. But it's an alternate universe Guardians of the Galaxies led by Cable with um, a Captain America Ms. Marvel hybrid, a... Uh, Jubilee. Jubilee, like a Nova rocket raccoon, and then <laughs> a Howard the Duck juggernaut. Brilliant. Amazing. So good. Everything that I wanted in this. And just... Uh, Jugger Duck. Jugger Duck, perfect. 
Duckanort. Um And uh, man, it's just so much fun. It's so silly. Um, I'm really, really loving it. Yeah, absolutely. So good. The moment where the Watcher says, Francis, by making this choice, you've just created a timeline in which the Punisher raised Thanos as a child. <laughs> and immediately everything starts getting fucked. It's amazing. I love it. So great. Um, I highly recommend it. Was, it. And also like the perfect antidote to like the bummer of uh, all the characters dying in Death of Inhumans. Yeah. To read this like super fun, wacky space book. Johnny Cates has range. He does. Um, Ta-Nehisi Coates is the current writer of Captain America and he did the second issue of this series this week with art by Lionel Francis Yu, colours by Jerry Alanguilan. Such iconic Sorry, colours. Sorry, inks by um, Jerry Alanguilan and uh, colours by Sunny Go. Very iconic covers by Alex Ross. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the first issue of this, I was like, oh, it, I wasn't expecting Coates to lean as hard as he did into um, the Secret Empire event that Nick Spencer mm. wrote. I like and, that he's dealing with that head on. Well, then he lent into it even harder in the mm. second issue. Um, and uh, where kind of Mark Wade seemed to kind of acknowledge it, but then kind of sweep it on under the rug and then move on with his mm-hmm. story. Uh, he's really, this is going to be all, all Steve is dealing with. Like he's basically dealing with an America that hates him. Or yeah. doesn't, doesn't accept him. He's scared of him. Yeah. Doesn't trust him. Mm. Um, and, uh, you would think that this would lead him to do many things that would be considered trustworthy by the government, but it's revealed that he's doing secret undercover work for Wakanda. Hell yeah. Which uh, is great. I mean, obviously Coates is the writer of, uh, of Black Panther, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess now we're going to see these two books maybe interlope somehow. Mm. That's fun. I'm into it. I like it. I like, um, I like the continued relationship between Steve and Sharon. I like that he sort of respects her. As like an individual. Yep. <laughs> Such a fucking low bar. <laughs> um, but it's good. And I, I enjoyed it. I think he drew a good we... um, older woman too in Sharon. In this. Yeah. A lot, of, a, Does... a lot of artists struggle with it. Yeah. It's tough. Especially because like I feel like the, the, the age that she currently is is a bit like all over the place. People yeah, are like, yeah. old woman. You mean like mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> um, She'd be like late 60s. And also it feels like there's some kind of... Um, like Captain America made a weird bargain with Kobik. Was that is that something that we've actually seen, or is this something that he's going back to kind of re? Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like this is a, yeah either a suggestion of something we've not seen before, or, mm. or a further exploration of a, a, a mere mention. Yeah, yeah, the bargain that he made to get his strength back. So it's cool. Yeah, it's it's super not cool. it's not the super exciting cat book that I that I want it to be, but I know we're heading in that direction, and then that's fine. Totally, and I like the the coats sort of um, really just dealing with. The universe that he has been given, but also then dealing with like larger themes to do with America and the sort of uh, what Captain America's presence created, mm. like all these nukes. Yes, not nuclear weapons. The man whose name is Nuke, yes. who has the he flag who named tattooed on his face. Yeah, great flag face man. Uh, the Immortal Hulk continues uh, its fantastic run, uh, written by Al Ewing with art by Joe Bennett and uh, colors by uh, Rui Roy Jose. Um, and uh, in this, uh, basically, the Hulk is Dave, sorry, Bruce Banner is uh, walking around using his Hulk powers uh, to uh, solve gamma crime, inflict justice on those who have used gamma radiation for for bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there is a reporter, is a reporter, or, or I can't remember. Is, is yep. There, yep, journalist, journalist uh, who is kind of like trying to get the full story on Bruce Banner, trying to track him down. Um, and uh, she has a lead in that of uh, Wendigo. From Alpha Flight, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? IRL. Wendigo. When Wendigo. Walter Walter Lankow- Lankowski. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, the two of them kind of 
try to track Bruce together. Um, and uh, when Walter is put into a coma uh, at the end of the issue, um, while in the waiting room, um, the journalist it comes face to face with uh, an, 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 a de-hulked Bruce Banner who is going to give her the story that she's after. But first, they need to deal with an enraged Wendigo in an operating room. Because remember, this is still a horror book. Absolutely. Yeah. And because um, Wendigo might be dead, but the evil uh, demon that inhabits his body may not be. Yes. Uh, really, really good shit. So good. The art is so good. This is like a pure horror comic. And the moments, like there are a couple of moments in this that are so good. Like we find out that the reporter saw the Hulk when she was very, very young. And there's a moment where her dad's like, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Like he's a fucking wild animal. She makes eye contact and you see this close up of his eyes and it's really like jarring and horrifying and the moment where she realizes that she's sitting next to bruce banner is also great yep nice and creepy al ewing is just this is my favorite al ewing book i've ever read definitely and like, without question considering that we were like you know associated with him associated him with being like a cosmic guy for mm-hmm, so long mm-hmm. it's great, great i feel like this shit. is a story that he's had in his brain for a really long time yeah and he's just nailing it definitely um so now let's go uh, to X-Town. Yeah. Okay. I read two X-Men books because I hate myself. <laughs> um, so I read Astonishing X-Men by Matt Rosenberg um, with Greg Land. And you know what? I think I'm going to have to add uh, Matt Rosenberg to my list of men who don't really know how to write women. Unfortunately, uh, I feel, I, I feel what bad. About, what about the main character of uh, Four Kids Walk Into a Bank? Child. Child. Child woman. Child woman. Adult woman, he's a bit like... I don't really understand. I don't understand this version of Dazzler, I suppose. This is a version... We've seen a lot of weird versions of Dazzler lately. This is a version of Dazzler who is, like, failing as an artist and yeah. desperately wants to be on an it's, X team again. No and one knows how to write Dazzler or what, or what to do with yeah. her. I liked that one where she was, like, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was cool. That, that was, worked. Uh, Bendis? Yeah, that yeah. worked. Um, I also hate Greg Land. It's very hard for me to read a Greg Land comic and feel good about it. <laughs> um, and I don't think that Greg Land and Rosenberg work well together yeah it was a really weird choice when those two yeah i don't think that land is able to sell the jokes right um and i don't think it i don't think it's great this is like a weird x team headed up by alex summers um who's like lost his mind a bit and kitty pride's like you can't have the x-men i own that name and he's like i'm just gonna make my own x team and so it's him and beast and warpath and banshee brought back from the dead and Colossus, who just sits around in his underpants drinking vodka all day because he's like, Kitty left me, I have nothing. He should he should get on a jury panel. I have nothing. That's my um that's my Russian accent. You're welcome. Um and this is uh I'm just not gonna read anymore. All okay. Right. RIP. Then I also read X Men Gold Annual number two. Um This is a cry for help if there ever was one. Yeah, absolutely. Sean written by Sh- Seanan Maguire. Good name. Seanan. Sheenan. Shonen, um, art by Marco Fela, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and this is... Oh, man, I do not like that art. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. This is a set-in-the-past story about Kitty Pride going to camp. Camp story, when she was a teenager. The pencils are good. I just don't like the colors at all. The colors are a bit dated. I don't know if that's like an intentional choice or if it's just a bad call. It's a bad call either way. But anyway, this is like Kitty Pryde being like, I still want to be a normal teen, so I'm going to go to school camp in the 80s. But she goes there and all of her camp friends are like, fucking mutants. And she's like, oh, no, life is hard for me because I'm a mutant. And that's the end. All right. um, and it was absolutely fine and absolutely inessential. Probably don't, <laughs> but guys. Uh, finally, um, in keeping things X for a minute, is the finale of Hunt for Wolverine, Weapon Lost 
by Charles Soule in which nothing is wrapped up. Nice. Uh, they don't find Wolverine. And uh, yep. it, lo- it looks like all of these mini events that are, still have great creative teams behind them, nothing is going to be resolved no. uh, in any of them. Because they're doing a return of Wolverine series written by Charles Soule with art by whoever did the art. Or Steve McNiven. who oh, did Because cool. they both did Death of Wolverine. Oh, right. That's but nice. like, Symmetry. why give us all of these shitty Hunt for Wolverine books before Death of... Just give us Return of Wolverine. If... If they because weren't Marvel. hunting, very right if they weren't hunting Wolverine in this, if it was, if it was for some other reason that they assembled Daredevil, Misty Knight, um, and uh, Frank McGee, uh, and Cipher, um, then I, this book would be really, really great. But because it's tacked on, this Wolverine thing is kind of feels tacked onto it, which mm. is weird because it was written by Charles Soule. Mm-hmm. He should be like you know masterminding this whole event. I just like it does felt like a bit nothing to me. I enjoyed the journey to get to the nothing, but then in yeah. the end, you still got fucking nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, whatever. Uh, art by Matteo Pafagni is really good and Colors by Jim Charalampidis. Um, really good too. Um, it's a great looking book. I loved seeing the interactions between Misty and Frank and I hope we get to see more of that in the future. That's um, cool. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the resolution here is that Wolverine should have stayed dead. Because they think that Wolverine is out there killing random people, which obviously oh, he is. Oh no! That's also that's what Wolverine does. He's the, the best. best at it. Yep. Anyway, those are our Marvel reviews, image reviews, DC reviews, all done. Now we move over to other publishers. And uh, look, I, I, I talked about it briefly earlier, but last night I read issues five and Ugh. six of the IDW series, The Highest House. God, those covers are so nice. It's a nice. comic that I regret not collecting. Yeah, But I'm, I'm sure that the, we're gonna, the first trade is going to look as nice um, as these singles has. I just love the what covers so much. If you somehow so find all of the singles of this, get it, guys. Uh, the, the, all the, um, it's worth the covers are by someone called Yuko Shimizu. Who did all of the covers for um, The Unwritten. Right, and it's the same creative team uh, on, on writing and art. We've got written, write, written by uh, Mike Carey with Peter Gross on art. And this is the story of um, Moth, who is a young boy sold into slavery, uh, mm-hmm. who meets a like a supernatural being, an, a demon, who mm-hmm. is uh, trapped in a, in a stone beneath this enormous... Uh, basically, he gets moved to a community called the Highest House, because it's the house that overlooks... All the land, mm-hmm. and uh, he works for a uh, a king, and um, he basically like accidentally and through the help of this demon works his way up the ranks of uh, of the staff at the highest house, and mm-hmm. basically is, you know, he's been offered freedom so many times, but he he he, he says no to it and gets other perks instead. Um, and issue six was the final finale of book one. And it is such a satisfying conclusion mm. to this first arc that I just like. Kerry is a great writer who I feel like is pretty underappreciated as in terms of being like one of the great comic book writers. Um, I love his uh, Hellblazer run a lot, and I've I've enjoyed what I've read of of his unwritten run. I have it all. I just haven't read it all. I got to do yeah, it. Yeah, I loved the unwritten um, almost until the end. Oh. But you know me. Yeah. I don't really like to finish things. All oh, right. Um, so all oh, right. So I thought you said it, the ending was bad. You just didn't. No, I did think the ending was bad, but. Um, so I stopped reading it. <laughs> <laughs> it got boring. But yeah, the, the highest first house couple is, of volumes. Who boy? The, the the characters in this, like you know, obviously you have the hierarchy. You know that, that, that kind of that great thing that makes um, what's the British, uh, you know, uh, the show based off of Gosford Park, with the upstairs downstairs. Yes, upstairs downstairs. What the fuck is the show called? Um, with the guy from the thing. I know what you mean. The period drama, yeah. esque. 
Yeah. Kind of, yeah, whatever the fuck it's called. About servants and I, then I've rich people. I've watched 30 episodes of this show and I cannot remember what it's Look, called. Same. Um, <laughs> is it the name of the house? Mr. Havisham? Is that, his name? <laughs> is that his name? <laughs> no. The Havishams are from um, Sense and Sensibility, right? Uh, whatever. <laughs> it's got the um, guy oh, yeah, who played shit. Beast in Beauty and the Beast. And was also in. I actually, I love other the idea things. of like our, of our listeners like going, "Fuck you!" Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. This. It's blah, blah, blah. Um, it's called British drama. What do I look up? What are the, I don't even know what to call it. Period. Yes, British drama is about periods. <laughs> um, fuck! What the fuck is it called? <laughs> I like that we're doing this in real time as well. It's called Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Uh, <laughs> we knew that. We're the best podcast. Um, but yeah, you have like the, the high... I was like, why don't I even talk about Downton Abbey? I forgot from a moment. Sorry. <laughs> you have the, the contrast of how the, the royalty live yep. versus how the servants and yep. and the workers live in this same community in the same under the same roof, basically. Problems, you know but I mean? there's a fucking demon. There's also demons. And you have this, this character, Moth, who's a really captivating character, like, you know, doing things outside of his comfort zone, be it talking to a demon and making deals with a demon or trying to hide himself from, from certain members of the royal family um, and being sent out on, on quests as, as by, by the king who, you know, learns more and more about Moth and is just enthralled by like, you know, what makes this character tick? Mm. And there's, it ends on a really personal moment that just felt fucking fantastic and I just could not wait for this series to to return and I like, you know, Christmas or whatever, mm-hmm. buy yourself the highest house trade. It's, yeah, absolutely. These six issues were so good and um, it ends on such an awesome, awesome, satisfying note. My, my favorite comic that I read this week. Yeah. And it was a real treat, like, you know, reading these two issues one after the other in bed last night. It was just, I, I felt like I was rewarding myself for nothing that I'd done recently. But yeah, it was great. Nice. Oh, that's good. Sometimes comics, you know, like... They, Sometimes they're not you, a slog. Sometimes they're a reward. Yeah, they, and it, this is this one feels really, really unique. Mm, um, it is, and, and it's a really rich kind of classic storytelling style. That um, yeah, it, it, it does feel like a real treat to read. Yep, and absolutely. the art's brilliant, and it's you know just it's just the collection of these these creators coming together to create something really special, and it's in a nice big oversized format. And at first, I was like, why are they doing that? And now I'm like, oh, now I know. Because oh, this book is a specific something. Reason or no, just, it's just gorgeous. Like, it's just it's gorgeous, and it's, it's special. It's yeah. special. That's that. That's why. Uh, so yeah, the end of part one of Highest House, extremely satisfying. My only criticism is that this is the kind of series that I wish had a letters section yeah. or some some form of back matter from the creators. I'd love to like learn more about his kind of uh, like research and like how he goes about sort of coming up with, mm. where does he get his crazy ideas? Totally. That's what I'd like to know. Yeah. So good. Anyway, so please, um, w- uh, when, when the trade comes out or digitally or whatever, uh, go catch up on the Highest House because it's absolutely a series that demands your time. Yep. Deserves your time. Uh, let's go over to Dark Horse now for Qu- the Quantum Age issue number two uh, from the world of Black Hammer. This is written by Jeff Lemire with art by Wilfredo Torres and colors by Dave Stewart. Uh, this is basically Jeff Lemire doing a Legion of Superheroes story, um, except set in his Black Hammer universe. And with swears. Lots of swears. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like that, like, in a in a book about, you know, history and drama and and space and mars and Mm -hmm. and like superheroes and stuff like that you have so many small intimate moments which is why you read lemire books absolutely um and also because one of the characters is a talking uh like space armadillo yeah um and uh wilfredo torres's art is awesome um i just love the rate that we're getting new entries in the black hammer universe i can't Uh, believe how quickly Lemire just churns them out and they never feel, they, they always feel nice and different with a story that deserves to be told. Absolutely. 
Um, and this uh, ends on a particularly intriguing end. Um, and we get to learn more about the, the Martians in this universe. It's very similar to like a Martian Manhunters kind of yeah. backstory. <clears throat> and it's a direct link to Barbalian from the main Black Hammer series. Which yeah. Is, yeah, it's cool. It's a really, really great story set you know far into the future in the same world as the great Black Hammer comic. It's awesome stuff and uh, highly recommend reading this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, finally, I read the final issue of Valiant High through Valiant. Did you drop off this one? Uh, no. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure I read this. <laughs> I was going to try and look through it. I definitely did get a copy, but I can't remember if I actually read it through to the end. Written by Daniel Kibblesmith with excellent art by Derek Charm. Um, and uh, we've also got uh, other people who were on the creative team. Uh, David Barron and Simon Boland adding to this uh, long roster of people. Boland did the letters. David Barron did the colors. Um, and uh, this is like, yeah, the, the, the final issue of Valiant High, four issues in. Um, and so, of course, you've got to end on, a, on prom night. Absolutely. And uh, all the characters, you know, do come together as heroes to, uh, to stop. Dance and make out. Yeah. And uh, this wasn't my favorite issue of the series, but it was a nice, sweet end with uh, excellent art by Derek Charm. Uh, this is maybe my favorite thing that he's done, I think. Um, he has a uh, really his Jughead run was pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, I just think that I, I, it's fun seeing him do like superhero shit. True, because like, you know I feel like he only, only does like comedy books, mm-hmm. um, and this was a comedy book until the final issue where you see a big fun superhero bi- uh, fight. Except everyone is wearing uh, prom suits yes, and, and gowns, uh, and of course Livewire wins the Homecoming Queen uh, when she it's takes down the dream. bad guy by wearing a car. Hell yes. Yeah. Um, fun, very fun series. And uh, as I said, each, each time I've reviewed an is- issue, a surprisingly good uh, introduction to the Valiant universe, even yeah. though tonally it's nothing like any other Valiant book. It's a good way to kind of get to know the bare minimum for each of the characters. It's my favorite shit that um, I feel like they used to do with lots of manga and anime is you'd get the main series and then you'd get, but what if they were all in high school together? Yes. And I was always like, yes, <laughs> this is my best shit. They should do that for all series. Um, well, Siobhan, that is it for all the comics we're going to talk about this week, except we're about to record um, maybe now, like a full hour or something mm. of, uh, of Saga Talk uh, because we're doing a full spoiler cast of the series Saga by Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples. Woo. If it's something that you would love to hear, you can hear it over at our Patreon page, which is you can find at patreon.com slash podcast. There's also a uh, spoiler cast all about Kill or Be Killed, mm-hmm, plus mm-hmm. Uh, countless episodes of, I mean, like nine or You've so. You can probably count them. Uh, of... Uh, Sean and I reviewing graphic novels that we've read outside of the podcast mm-hmm. uh, and uh, other weird uh, little bonuses too. Um, all it costs is a couple of bucks. Uh, you know, you can choose how much you give to us um, to join the Patreon um, and each month that gets deducted out of your account, goes straight to us and it allows us to dedicate more time to the podcast and doing more fun bonus episodes like the Saga one. Uh, you can find it over at patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. Thank you so much to everyone listening who already supports us mm-hmm. and uh, welcome to the smart of you. The smart ones who smart are going to, of you. the smart of you who are going to join us uh, very very soonly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us online facebook.com slash serious issues podcast or join our group facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. We're on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues or Siobhan is at Siobhan CBG. I'm at Levdog L E V D A W G. And uh, we love to hear from listeners, especially if it's uh, telling us that uh, Saga made them cry. Yeah. So, you know, do that Yeah. after listening to our bonus episode, of course. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week in which we will be uh, reviewing many, many comics. I've, uh, I've got my order for the next week here. 
Is the, it a big week? No, not, oh, no, it's like 30-ish. That's pretty reasonable. Uh, the final, final ep- issues of Eternal Empire and Eternity Girl. We have mm. the, uh, the first issue of the new Fantastic Four series by Dan Slott Ooh. and Sarah Pacelli. I read a preview of that and I was like, oh, yep, I'm on board. This looks good. Okay, cool. Um, we've got uh, a new Strangers in Paradise Yes, please. issue. Uh, we've got some, uh, a lot of number ones here. but um, Oh, good. Lots of stuff that we love too. Don't worry. We'll See. be fine. Uh, See you next week. Enjoy yourselves. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>